that at times we can't shake because we continually know that it's on the Father's heart, so we have to speak it out of our mouth. And things that we struggle with, and it's, it's called distractions. We were speaking a sermon and just kind of hitting on the spot that we put a war against distractions. And that was the spot where we were just going to just get into, but I think the thing that is vital to us right now is that distractions can cause us to lose focus on, on who God is. We're easily distracted in all ways, in ourselves, through the storm, through life. And today I want to talk to you and I, on, on this one, this, this, I guess you would say this topic, this subject with distractions is self-distracting. Self-distraction. When you're self-distracted, the problem is that we, we become so self-distracted that we will become self-destructive. And the distraction can happen in so many simple ways. When I say self-distracted, we're talking about this mind game that plays with us every day. Life and bumps and bruises and all the stuff that can cause us to get self-distracted. The sensitivities, the touchy things. So I want to read this to you because self-distracted can take us to a place of self-destructive. It is a powerful thing when, you know, when I think about the whole self-destructive, the, the only thing I, I think about is we rewatched the movie and we haven't seen it in a long time. Um, Tom Cruise is still alive. And it's weird when you watch the first Mission Impossible because it's changed so much and you know, he gets the mission but it says that at the end of the mission this will self-destruct yeah, and, and I think what happens in our lives is when we get self-distracted what goes on in our mind will self-destruct and when we self-destruct the thing that happens is that sometimes we get to a place where we lose all focus of what is worth it we're, we're jumping at everything, almost like somebody that's grounding, that can't grab a hold of something. We start self-destructing because we are self-distracted. And we, we lose all sense of everything that what His Word has said. His Word stands true. And most of the time when you're dealing with the Word of God and you're living life, He tries to Tries, but he puts it through a, a situation as in like a test. Kids are all back in school. Keep them in prayer. A lot going on. But like we said in the past, I've never heard a teacher have a conversation during the test. But they will before the test. They will give you all the instructions, but when the test happens, you don't usually hear the teacher talk. And what happens is, is in that moment when we're trying to figure out life, the problem we have is we're like, we want to hear the teacher. But what has the teacher already said? What did he say already? What has he already said? So you go to that 
But a lot of times people don't want to go to that. They go to everything else and try to get it working. When Christ is your source, when it's all said and done, He's the source when it's all said and done. Let me read you a scripture real quick. We'll get into this real quick. It's a scripture. A lot of us have heard, heard throughout time. It's found in Luke 10, 38. Do you have a Bible? Is she, is she opened up? Yours blows. Ain't judging you. So your power might die. Uh, here's what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came across the village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. That had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? I tell you, or tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried about, you are worried and upset about so many things, but a few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. And I will not be taken away. That will not be taken away from me. Mary has chosen. Oh, Martha, Martha. I love what it says in, uh, I, I want to read it back in, in a couple different translations because it, it's so powerful. Uh, the message says, oh, Martha, Martha, you're fussing way too much. Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. And how many times do we do this? Oh, Martha, Martha, oh, Brandon, Brandon, you're fussing way too much and getting worked up over nothing. Put your name in that. So it's not about Martha. There's a lot of Marthas in the room. Oh, Brandon, you're fussing way too much and worked up over nothing. One, and only one thing is essential, and Mary has chosen. And it's the main course. And it won't be taken from her. Martha's trying to fix the main course. Jesus said... What Mary's doing is the main course. She's so distracted. I love what it says in, the, in the, the Passion Translation. Martha, oh Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. I won't take this privilege from, from her. She is undistracted. I won't take it from her. Isn't it crazy? Like, you get to this place where we're going to speak. Both Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. She's so busy and so distracted in her mind. And what's crazy when you read the story, we've read the story. If it's new to you, here it is. Martha is busy, and she gets so upset. And in some aspects, I mean, bear with me with this before we dig deep, okay? I, I don't have Martha in my corner. She works. She's doing it. She gets, she, she gets it done. Mary, she's sitting down. Martha is trying to get everything organized, and here we are with Mary sitting down. Yeah, Martha, 
mother's heart working. She's got an attitude. She's working hard. She's got an attitude. But Mary's got a GoFundMe page. You know what with this. You ain't doing nothing. You just let go. You know what I mean? Like, Martha is hard working. There's a lot of Martha's, a lot of strong, indivisible workers in the world, in this church, around, everywhere. We all have it. And it's not necessarily like, like what Martha doing the work. It's more about the mindset Martha had than the work Martha had. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of lazy people. I'd rather have Martha in my corner. Try to put Mary on the set. Mary, get the one I'm just going to sit in there. Come on. You see what I'm saying? You're almost having to pull somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Just if we can twist up this real quick. Let me get this scripture. Martha is working. Martha trying to prepare. Martha's getting frustrated. Mary, we've got these people in the house and you just decide to sit down in the inside and have a, just have a, a listen. Like, there's stuff to be done. And it, it says in the text, you know, in, in Luke 10, it says, Martha opened up her home to him. So when I, if, if Martha opened up her home, then what is it? Well, Martha's paying the mortgage. See, before we dig into Martha not trying to beat her up, but just dig into some situations with Martha. Um, <laughs> Martha's trying to do something because if it really was up to Mary, Jesus seen that suitcase. You know what I'm saying? Like Martha's trying to prepare. Martha's trying to get everything organized. Mary don't even worry about all. Martha let him in the home. So okay, Martha's paying the mortgage. Martha. Martha's got it going on. Jesus probably wants to go to Martha's house. Martha's house is probably real clean. Real organized. You see what I'm saying? But the, the deal is, it's not what Martha was doing. It was her mindset in what she was doing. It was her mind in what she was doing. We're, we're easily self-distracted. Martha means master. When Jesus rebukes Martha, he's correcting her distracted approach. In verse 40, it's important. Look. It, it says, when I read it, it says, she was distracted. Martha was distracted. She wasn't distracted by games on her phone. She wasn't distracted by all the little stuff we get. She wasn't distracted by Instagram and selfies and, and getting the right pills. She wasn't distracted by all the stuff like that. She was distracted in her mind. And you think about it, you're like, man, he's, he's correcting her. She's trying to go to the point. That's strange. I guess that you can rebuke the responsible one. Good. He's trying to rebuke the responsible one, and the other one that's not taking responsibility doesn't get rebuked. Because there's nothing really wrong with her actions. But what Jesus was correcting was her attitude. Oh, Martha, Martha. 
You know, you know, you probably hear that for yourself. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, no. Oh, Brandon. Jesus scratches his head. What do you do? <laughs> but we all. Go ahead and put your own name in that. Put your own name in that and watch Jesus say the same thing to you. Because we get so self-distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Because what? Someone had to do it. And she's the only one doing it. Jesus wasn't mad that she was busy. Her attitude is what we need to look at. Her attitude is what made the conversation with Jesus. Let me tell you a few things. Let me give you a few things about it. To help you who feel distracted. This is crazy because this isn't like, man, I'm distracted because of my past and I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing because of my past. We get a lot of those kind of distractions in our life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's so many times, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not denying the grace of God and what, what he wants to do in our lives, but how many times are we going to get repeat offenders? Coming to the altar for the same thing and turning around and doing it again. That's tough. I know that's perfect and I get it, but sometimes my prayer is, when is it going to click when you choose just to serve it? And, and, and yes, the door is open. We preach about it when, when the door is open and the, the wise and the foolish, but the Bible does talk about someday that door will close. And we can play church all we want, we can play how we want to live and play the way we can justify stuff, but the bottom line is, if you're not truly a fully devoted follower of Christ, you ain't going to just enjoying the streets of gold, but there's a hell to it. And too many times we get distracted, and here we are with, with her in a distraction, but it's not a thing of like, man, I keep dealing with this bad thing that I keep saying I'm going to let go, and I keep picking it back up. She's trying to do a good deed. Yeah. She's trying to do something. She's got Jesus in her house, and she's not doing like, she ain't been hiding in the closet, smoking her nose, and hey, Jesus, so hold on for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, what? Martha, you said, no, she's trying to do a good deed and do something for the Lord, and she's still distracted. Put it right in the face. So when, as a Christian, we, we can easily get distracted trying to stay so busy. I, you, my wife talked about it last week. She made a statement like, there's a statement people say, it's just like, I just need a distraction. I need a distraction because I'm just kind of over it. I just need to get another distraction. Man, I don't need another distraction. I just need the presence of God. Yeah. Amen. If I'm over it, I just need his, his love and his peace and his joy. I need all those, those fruits of the Spirit. I need all that stuff in my life. That's what's going to get me from the distraction. Not another distraction on top of the distraction, but the other distraction that I've already compressed. She's doing a good work face to face with Jesus, and she's distracted by it. So busy. It's that attitude.
want to start feeling guilty because guilt can take you to a place. And here's the thing. Guilt is the root of Martha's bad attitude in this passage. Because there are different characteristics. Not of what is happening in the house, but what is happening in Martha's heart. And through her mind. First thing we see is, is that Martha goes from managing the situation to manipulating the situation. She's trying to be like, let's go. Like, you know, this guy's not going to do it. Let's get him in here. Let's, let's start to Now she gets to twist in it and starts to manipulate it. Manipulation is when I start holding the responsibility that God has given me rightfully to life. Manipulation is subtle shit. And I care about something. Instead of caring about it and caring for it and caring about someone, we can easily find ourselves being, beginning to try to control something that God has called us to care. Instead of caring, we try to control. When you care deeply about something, it's very easy, without even knowing it, to slip into this marvelous mindset. When you find out yourself trying to do the right things at the wrong level. We see Martha starts to manipulate. In her approach, because she tells, she tells Jesus, what to tell her sister. See the manipulation? She starts to have a conversation with Jesus and she needs to let Jesus know what Jesus needs to tell her sister. It's classic manipulation. It's a very passive way to try to get her to try to get her way because some people manipulate with their words and some people manipulate with their silence. Listen, my kids have done this. <laughs> they try to put this drink on me, try to, try to like roll it over on me. Dad, can you please tell mom to let me play Fortnite? You know, like, oh, thanks. Can you can you talk to mom? See if I can play it. <laughs> and you're looking at this situation, and you're like, do you question? Do you, like, okay, well, you have done Or do you, like, because this is where the manipulation happens. Because you can be like, no, I'm not going to tell mom that. We're on the same page. We're a team. You are not going to manipulate me to get in your way with your mother. <laughs> but, but how many times does this happen? Because we, we, we feel bad because dad's doing this or mom's doing this. And so we manipulate the, the situation or allow our children to manipulate us. And it, it's not a bad thing. I mean, we get your stuff, then yes. But if mom said no, then mom said no. And if, if, if mom said no and dad said yes, then there's manipulation. And guess what happens? Then mom and dad are out. 
But if it's, if it's the same, what I would see if it's you know, it's, you know, I mean, but if it's no, you're not going to come between me with your little manipulated spirit. Me and your mama will be on the same page. We're, we're a team. We don't need this coming between us. Because what happens, that little stuff starts to build something a lot bigger later in life. Over and over, and it's like, wait, does my word not matter anymore? And so we find ourselves doing this manipulation. I think Martha is manipulated because she has been manipulated. She thinks she's being manipulated by something within her that needs everything to be just right. This happens all the time where people get freaked out over a lot of stuff that needs to be a certain way and you start manipulating yourself. And look, I love the Lord and I'm trying to serve Him and I'm still at home struggling with my own manipulation. Jesus is in my heart. He's in my life. He's right here and I'm still struggling. I hope this is good for you. She had trouble. She needs Mary. This is this is Martha. Because Martha is so organized and so laid out. She probably got a planner, got everything laid out and all timed out. Mary, Mary needs to be here. Jesus needs to be here. The pans need to be here. I need to put the fish over there. I need to get that chicken done over there. And Jesus rolls in with 12 disciples. He's rolling deep. Got the cronies with him. He's rolling with the, the disciples, so it's just not Jesus. It's Jesus. It's that they came to a village, and Martha invited So he's rolling deep, two miles from Jerusalem. Somebody had to make sure something was on the table. They're hungry, and then you wonder, you're like, why is this such a bad thing? She just needs help. She started to get self-distracted, overwhelmed. You ever felt like that? It almost tightens you up. It almost grips you. It actually turns into anxiety. It makes you break out the hot flashes. Sweats. You call which one. But it, it does a number on your life. Somebody has to manage this. See what happens. Here, here's what happens. Now I'm getting pulled between the good and the bad. But between two goods. Between two good things. Guilt with manipulate. Guilt with manipulation. Guilt. I said it wrong. Guilt will manipulate you. And it will make you somebody you're really not. And people wonder. And you're like, I don't see it. And sometimes other people have, you know, insight and do want to help you with, you're so manipulated and so self-distracted that you don't want to take any kind of help from anybody and you call them judging. It, it makes you somebody that you're really not at times. And you look back and you're like, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know what's going on. Why are you so mad at me? I'm just trying to get my job done. Why are you? It makes you lash out. You start feeling like you're not really performing over here. So now you want you want to put the guilt trip on somebody else. Because all the preparation had to be made. 
And this is another attitude that Martha, that we see in Martha, is you, you feel that guilt, you feel all that stuff, and then you feel this, this spirit of obligation. It shifts so quickly right here in, 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 the, in the text. It, it shifts so fast. It says that all the preparation had to be made. Had to be made. Feel that obligation. All the preparation had to be made. The, the, the spirit of obligation is the enemy of joy. You feel like you're so obligated, you're taking the joy out of it. And what, what happens naturally is that things that used to feel like a great opportunity starts feeling like an obligation. And that's the way the enemy gets Mary to start acting like Martha. I don't think this text is so much about two different women, but more about two different tendencies. It says in the text that Mary and Martha lived in the same house. And if you think about it, in my mind, Mary and Martha lived in the same heart. Because I find at times, I'm like Mary. I know it's important. You ever feel like this? You know it's important. You're going to move towards it. I'm sitting in this moment. I'm taking this opportunity. I'm grateful for what God has given me. And then there's sudden situations where it comes out of nowhere. I don't even see it coming. The spirit that's got to need to. There's a spirit. I need to do this. I need to get going on this. It, it, it just hits you. It comes out of the corner like T-bone. I need to do this. I need to. And, and the problem we have is when we realize that and we get real complacent in our lives, our I get to turn into I need to. And we got to realize again, we did this a couple years ago, but you didn't have to come today. You get to come today. It wasn't like you were made to come. We got to get back to, can you believe I get to do this? I get to do this. We got to change it. I get to do it. This is my privilege to do. I don't have to go to church. I get to come to church. I didn't have to come. And I get you. And I don't have to come to church because I want to go to hell if I don't. I came to church because he is worthy of my praise. Amen? He's worthy of my praise today. I want to worship him. I want to glorify him. I want to lift him up. I want to go to that deep place to give the king the praise he deserves. I don't have to. I, I get to do that. I get to lift it all the way up. Please don't come to church because you feel like you've got to. People, what's funny is, you don't have to. You get to. You have people that come to church that live out of the city, that drive all the way here, 45 minutes, an hour, just to come to this church. Because they, they want to. They get to. 
meal. I want to scrub the dishes. I want to wipe the countertops. I want to get in my place. And, and, and what we see is Martha's not just there yet. She's facing, but she's not there yet. She's at a place of, I, I, I have to do this, but I don't get to do this. She's not there yet. But why is Martha so upset? This is crazy. Why would Martha be so upset in this moment? This was Martha's idea in the first place. Why are you so upset in your idea? This is going to help a lot of people. The sense of obligation and letting that stuff go. Because when it's all said and done, we gotta get to that place. It's in our heart. It's it's not our hustle. He likes to see us make make a uh, impact. He likes to see us doing stuff. He likes to see us make the most out of our day, but it's. But it's not even that. We, we do stuff even out of obligation. Some people go to their kids' games because other, other parents go to all their kids' games. So they feel obligated and they feel bad, so they have to go to all their kids' games. Dude, I'm serious. I've, I've seen this weird stuff happen. Uh, I gotta go to this because they, I can't go to kids' games. Don't, don't get me wrong. But people are such in a comparison and feel obligated because then they feel bad. You do it in the wrong spirit, you're gonna you're gonna dread the whole thing. Oh Martha, Martha. You're running around doing all this stuff. You're running around doing all this stuff. And Jesus is like, listen, I'd rather you be right here. We'd rather, we'd rather you be nice. And he's like, listen, Martha, we're here to be with you. And I don't think we believe that at times because we start just doing stuff for God. We can never believe that he cares more about us than he does about it. So what happens is we start judging others. You ever done that before? Now, now we have a courtroom called social media where we can deliberate all day. Because it doesn't add up and it doesn't line up, so we start to judge. She thinks she actually looks, that looks good on her. Like you're obligated to do that for some weird reason. 
Because if you want to sit on the seat of judge, you'll end up being the victim of your own judgment. The measure you use is going to be the measure back to you. You might find yourself anxious like the other that judge you. But I wonder if you are a victim of your own decisions. Victimization. Victimization. Here, here, here's Martha. Tell her to stop. Or tell her to help me. Stop doing that and help me. Tell her to help me. And she left me all alone. In, in, in the text it says, a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Did you hear me? A woman named Martha opened her home to him. You look at your neighbor and say, this is your idea anyway. She's all mad, but she's the one that had the idea. Let's let him in. Let's let him all in. She's all torn up and buttered over something that she created. This is your idea. And, and what I don't understand at times, and I don't understand that people that come to church and always look at the watch the whole time. This was your idea to come. You weren't about to talk. This was your idea. Have you been con complaining about the schedule you made? You said yes to all this stuff. You're the one overcommitted. Martha, what are you doing? You, you, you have this all going on. You overcommitted yourself. Then we run around and we want other people to start treating our bad decisions like it's an urgent priority. Let me say that again. We run around and want others to treat our bad decisions like it's an urgent priority. And unfortunately, it happens. Because manipulation sets in and we think their, their bad decisions is really an urgent priority, which it's not. You are a product of your own choices. And I love you with my whole heart, but I can't sit here and do this. Self-distracted. Without you know my heart. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to serve you. Nobody's helping you. Martha, Martha. Why did he say it twice? Because he was trying to get her attention. Now, that's different for us because they don't just say, hey, Brandon, Brandon. And when your mom calls you by your middle name, you better listen up. There's going to be one name and then there's another name. Anybody else have that middle name called? You know, like, something serious is happening. Oh, Martha, oh, Martha. It's just the mindset. Comparison will always kill contentment. She has no peace, and that's what's bothering Jesus. Peace doesn't mean you're not going to have storms. It just means storms aren't going to have you. And that's the problem we face. We think that when we have, we got to have this peace. We got to have everything wiped away. But how else you going to learn if you don't fit, deal with the storm and have peace through it? 
and stand in the eye of it when it's blowing left and right and you're content with the, the key. I mean, come on, can you just do this, Jesus? She was distracted, she was anxious, she was split, she was worried, she was upset. That's the problem. Interpretation. I start interpreting things to mean what I think they mean. I start interpreting the fact that people don't check on me and it means that they don't care about me. This happens a lot. We got people don't come to our church anymore because of this. In any church, it, 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 it's a sad deal. Because somebody didn't check on me, that means you don't care. So if you don't care, I don't want to come anymore. That's, the, that's not even true. self-distracted and you don't even realize you're about to destroy That's what happens to Martha. When you have no margin lines, when you are operating, trying to control things and manipulate things, you got to do it. you got to get it done. You no longer have a sense of, I get to, it's I got to. You're Get to's need to become I got to. Or your, your got to's got to be, I get to do this. I get to serve the I get to wash the dishes. I get to make Jesus a meal. I get to have him in my house. Now she's so self-distracted that she's frustrated that there's people in her house. It wasn't Mary's idea. It was Martha's. Martha is the victim. The one who owned the home and becomes a prisoner in her own idea. That's good stuff. In her own mind, in her own thoughts. It's not my life that's making me crazy. It's my mind. It's not the, the things that I'm doing. That's making, it's my mind. Jesus. It's not my life. It's my mind. And look what she says. She says in verse 40. Now she's talking to Jesus. It's almost crazy. Don't you care? Don't you care? And here's what the problem is. You've got too many things on your mind that you think matter. You've got too many things on your list that you think you can't live without. I can't go for it. 
You can't go 20 minutes down the street to the store without playing something. Anybody remember walking some slow But isn't that the truth, though? Even if you're right, you're like, they don't even do that. You're right. Backwards now. I got to do this. Back then, it was like, guys, you need to get in the house. Let's get done. Now we're like dragging them out of the house. Go outside. No. And it's so backwards now. But when we're doing it, we're doing it in such a dysfunctional way. So, 12 minutes. The devil is a liar. What do you do? You just sit, you think, you pray, you, you observe, you look outside, you look. I mean, some of you all didn't even have seatbelts. My mom would tell me a story. We was in a station wagon, sat in the back seat, in the very back, waiting on the car behind us, and we was all in the back front then. Anybody ride the station wagon backwards and the carry yep. backwards and they didn't care about your seatbelts? Yep. Well, you're still alive. Yes, those days. I'm not saying you should wear a seatbelt don't get me twisted. Man, we're so concerned we can't get in the car without hands in touch. No wonder we got so many sicknesses. Everybody's so immune there, you know. Not immune, they're, they're so sanitized that nobody knows that. Larry, what we talk about this the other day? Like, we used to just, not me and you, different age, but just running around the neighborhood, being sneaky. You get thirsty, don't you? Grab the neighbor's hose. You turn it on. You grab the... But you can't even do that now. You, you try to do that. You're, you're already going to get another shot or something. You know, like, something where you're going to have to. And have the fun with the neighbor screaming at you. Hose you down. in everything you do that is holy and acceptable to God. 
This is your spiritual worship. So it's not some necessarily lip service thing or some song or some section or, 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 or a, a Sunday service thing. It's a lifestyle. So if that's the case, what does Jesus contrast to? It's not work and worship. Really, Jesus wants me to get in a place where I can't tell the difference between both. I can't tell the difference between both of what I'm doing. And here's what's crazy about it. Every week, we have people, usually on uh, Wednesday, around 4 o'clock, there is people that come in this house and clean this house so that when you walk in, it's all prepared for you. Every week. I'm trying to put a plug, but you know, you're free, four o'clock on Wednesday. Come on, what you say? But every week, we can't tell the difference, and here's why I say it. It's because there's times when when I've seen moments that people are, are cleaning and doing stuff, and guess what I watch? I watch moments where people are praying for people. People that are here to, to serve. They start praying for each other. Or, or they get caught up in worship and, and they're just in a moment just losing their mind over God. Might take a knee at the altar, might just have a moment. But I want to tell you something. It's what happens after that. Guess what happens? It's week four. They get to doing the things they need to do and restocking and, and getting all this stuff done. They're crying out. But they're doing the stuff. They went. They went to work after they worshipped. So the strategy is God wants me to give, but I gotta get full first before I give. If I don't get filled first, then I'm ministering and living out of emptiness. When I'm living out of emptiness, I'm divided. When I live out of emptiness, I'm distracted. When I live out, of it, I'm a mess. I become needy. I'm living a life at a level of what I expected. The expectations. Realize that it's not what happens in our lives a lot of times. It's what happens. It's what's happening in our life that compares to the way we think in our mind. It's more the mind game of how we're trying to decipher this life. There's a lot of transitions, but we play mind games and we, we set ourselves up for a lot of failures that don't even happen. Right. Oh, I wonder if this is going to happen. And you work yourself up, and when you get to that position, it doesn't happen. You're like, what the heck was I doing? Oh, Martha, Martha, Brandon, Brandon. I know you expected Mary to help you, and I know you expected me to make Mary, but I'm not moving Mary. She's right in the right place. She's sitting at the Lord's feet. Okay. Listen. See, you can't interpret what God is doing if you never stop talking. Listen. Listen. What do you want? Jesus, what do you want? That's what I need to ask. What do you want? What would you desire? What are you doing in this one? What's important to you right now, Jesus? The contrast isn't between work and worship. The contrast is between many and one. Is this good stuff, guys? I'm almost done. So, sorry. The contrast is between many.
You're doing too much. Martha, you're being extra right now. You ever heard that? Oh, you're just being extra. You're doing too much. The contrast is between many and one. You're doing too much. And here's what he said. Only one thing is needed right now. There's only ever one thing needed at any given point in time. And wisdom is discerning that. But to discern that, you, you can't do it. But she can't, listen, Martha's mind, she was trying to control the situation. She couldn't even discern it. Jesus is telling her to sit down. Don't take her, you come join her. And see what's crazy is there's more to this story. And, and what I want to tell you, church, is this, this is only one part of the story. Because listen, a little bit later, Mary and Martha, he's already telling her, you need to sit down, she ain't going anywhere. You're, you're so distracted, you're, you're, you're all worked up. And later, Mary and Martha will call on Jesus to come back to Bethany. Yeah. And what's crazy is when you read the story, it doesn't have an ending. He said that's where she needs to be. And that's how that story ends. She's at my feet. That's where she needs to be. It doesn't have an ending. And, but anybody like get mad at movies that don't end well? Yes. Or give you more content? You're like, what the heck? You know, I wish we would have shown this and she would have done that. You would have done this and I could have saw what happened there. And you're like, that is weird. I need more. And in my mind, my little cartoon head, I'm thinking, boy, I wonder how that would have ended after Jesus said that. I wonder what Mary would have done. You know, she's already upset. You know, I, uh, so Mary's where she needs to, okay, Jesus. You know, while you guys are in here, who am I all? I'm going to go ahead and fill these burgers. <laughs> is, she, is she just going to go in there? I got, and, and you know how people get when they imagine they don't say nothing, they bang on stuff? I don't know. I've heard of Elvis. They ain't saying a word, but you know the room's shaking. <laughs> You need to see Martha. It just says that she is at my feet. That's where she needs to be. What's Martha going to say? What's she going to say to that? You know, she might say, okay. And she's like that little cartoon. That, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna I don't even know his name, but he just mumbles the whole time and mad. Are you prepared? It doesn't have to be flooding you. It can be anything. Are, is your home prepared? 
Is your home prepared for the presence of the Lord? When you walk in that home, you just smell like And here's how it's ready. Because you constantly are in a mode of worship. And you're constantly in a mode of just doing what God asked you to do. So your house is full of praise and worship to God. Because it's just your lifestyle. This ain't that, oh, I'm Sunday thing. Oh, well, you know, the pastor and the staff are coming over, so we're going to get ready. We're going to play that one song. Right? Those candles and make it look like it's real. <laughs> you think I'm making crap up? I'm telling you. People do some weird stuff. What's up? What? That one? Anyway, I don't know about it, but it's just funny that don't put up a front, just be you. Just be the real you. We're going to love you through. You see what I'm saying? So she's distracted. And I'm glad that I wasn't there because, you know, I, I, I probably would have been upset myself. But like, man, I'm not going to do all this. And Lord knows when it's done, I'm probably the one cleaning up all the dishes. I cooked it. I'm cleaning it. Ain't nobody going to help me. And see, here's what we got. I'm going to get into this back here, right here. We won't be done. So now we flip, flip the script. Now we have the same Mary and Martha, and there's a situation at hand. There's a situation because now they're trying to send word to Jesus that their brother. So this whole thing keeps on falling in place. If you read the word, it's amazing. Mary and Martha have a brother, and his brother, his name, his name is Lazarus. And what's funny is there's no other Lazarus. So when we say Lazarus, we already know what's about to happen. But nobody knew what was about to happen then. So that name was so, it, it became such a, a popular name in a way because of what Christ did with that name. So we got a situation where there's a brother, but you remember Jesus, you know what happened? Somebody did this whole thing. Somebody needs, we need to send word. We need to send some word over to Jesus to let him know he's real sick. He needs, he needs to get here. And, and it, here we are with this, they're sending word. Now listen, guys, listen. Can you know Jesus? Yeah, let me text you. Because he didn't do it when I asked. 
Jesus is like, look, I got a different, I'm going to show up. I got a different agenda. See, in your mind, you expect Jesus is going to show up. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to show up. He's going to heal. He's going to say, be healed. And he's going to be healed. That's what's going to happen in my life because I know I need to get down here so he can say these things and do them. And Jesus is like, look, I'm going to spend a few more days here. Then I'm going to go there. I'm not going to go when you think I need to go. I'm going to go when I know I need to go. And the Bible does say he finally gets to And what's crazy is he's dealing with the disciples. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but Jesus finally just said something real quick. He's like, hey, you know what, guys? We need to go back to Bethany. And you know what's crazy? We're dealing with Mary and Martha. We ain't even met with the disciples that are following him every single moment. He's like, hey, we're going back to Bethany. And one of the disciples is saying, uh, Rabbi, teacher, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Now, that, now they're trying to manipulate the situation and change it up. Now they're self-destructing saying, oh my gosh, why would you want to go back and they're throwing rocks at you to kill you? Are you crazy? And Jesus has this conversation about 12 hours in the day and the daylight and, and at night and, and he, he starts having this conversation and, and then he says this, he says, listen, my friend Lazarus is asleep, I'm going to wake him up. Now, now the disciples still ain't getting it. They see all these miracles. They ain't seen this one. He's been a healer to all of them. He ain't been the resurrection. And he's seen all these miracles. And they're like, okay, hold on. If he's asleep, then he'll soon get better. He's resting. And they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. And Jesus meant Lazarus was already dead. And then Jesus drops the bomb. Mic drop. It says, uh, so he told them plainly. You ever had to just be told plainly? Like, did you say you plug it? So he tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I love this statement. For your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Think about this. How mad would you be because you're praying about something and Jesus says, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. But God just got worse and the situation is here and I'm not here and you're not here. I'm glad I wasn't there for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And then Thomas, that's where there's Thomas nicknamed his friend. I never really caught this and it's so funny to me. One of the disciples, he said, well, let's go. Let's go too and die with Jesus. I mean, think about what they just said. Man, if you go back, there's so many trying to kill you. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, if you're going to go, let's, let's go to and die with Jesus. But guess what he did? He went. It's so funny. I don't know if think that's funny, but I thought it was funny. So, whatever. I, it cracks me up because when you read the word and you start listening to it, you're like, they're, they're really trying to figure out this whole thing about Jesus. Guys, there should be hope for you. When there are 12 disciples so close to him, he's still trying to figure it out. And even though that we're at a distance and we don't physically see him, he's right there. That's right. Come on. And it's okay that we, we, we don't figure it all out. But 
gives us the mysteries and gives us the knowledge and understanding to figure this stuff out. So, Jesus gets there. And here comes Jesus. Martha heard that Jesus was coming. I love this contrast. Listen to this. Martha, remember Martha, oh Martha, Martha. Jesus went out to meet Jesus, but Mary stayed home. So now we got a filter. What we first see is Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha's so busy doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene. He's too late for my situation. But what we see first is Martha comes on the scene to meet Jesus, and Mary stays inside. Mary stays in. Mary's hands on her pillow. Mary's, Mary's in bed. Mary's still crying. Mary's, and I'm not taking it lightly that we, we don't hurt and, and pain and we're mad and all this stuff, but she got self-distracted by the situation and forgot about the one who can bring peace to it, who can do something about it. But it wasn't in her timing, so she's mad about it all. God. Even Martha is, is kind of empty, but Martha knew, I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. So, Mary heads. Mary, Mary's still there. And here's what it says in 21. It says, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not a dime. Did you get the message? Did somebody, did I send somebody? Did you get my prayer request? Did you get it? I mean, I thought the prayer was Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get one of this would be done in her time. The Bible says that his way is higher than my way. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So you were supposed to be here at least four days ago. Here you are now late. And I expected you then, and you're just now showing up now. And then she says in 22, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Do you see what she's doing? I know God will give you whatever you ask, Jesus. So just ask. She's still trying to work Jesus. She's trying to manipulate Jesus. He'll give you what you ask. Just ask, Jesus. Jesus will not be manipulated. And she says to her, he says, listen, Martha, your brother will rise again. And then he watch her. Yeah, she's got it. She's got it down. Yes. In her mind, she thinks she knows the way it's going to go. Yes, you're right. She, he's going to rise. He's going to rise in the resurrection of the last day. I already know that part, Jesus. I know he will. But you weren't here, so he's not, he's not alive. He's going to rise later. When all that happens, I heard about it. We talked about it. Remember when I cooked your meal? I already know what was supposed to happen. If you would have came, you would have sent him, it would have happened, you would have got better, and we would have just not even been in this situation. 
This is my life. You're supposed to help. You're supposed to heal. I know what's supposed to go on. I know what's supposed to happen. I, I see it. And it's just not happening the way I think it's supposed to happen. Jesus, why aren't you answering my prayer requests? Yes, you will rise to the resurrection. And Jesus shuts her down real quick. Hold up. We're looking at it. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. He will rise in it because I am He. I am resurrection. I'm the life. Because the one who believes in me will live. The one who believes in me will live and not die. So look, in Mary's mind, it was for a healing in her timing. In Martha's mind, it was for a healing in her timing. I'm going to do something a little different at the end, so I just want you guys to just stay this moment with me. I hope this is a good deal. And here's what's crazy. Here's what happens. Martha's mind was, again, trying to figure it out in her way that Jesus could do it. Why have we been putting Jesus in a box? And trying to dictate what he does in our crazy minds. We're taking, we're taking all of sinful earth and everything that's holy about heaven. And we're like, we need to squash this into our minds. And he needs to, I need to, we don't need to. It feels like that we try to manipulate Jesus into doing what we need him to do. And he's not going to be manipulated. And here's what Jesus says to Martha. Jesus to do what he wants to do. Basically, what he's going to say is, listen, you've got to get out of control. For him to do what you, you've got to stop having control. For you to do, for Jesus to do what he needs to do, you've got to give up control. You've got to sit at his feet like Mary. I think, church, listen, I think there's a Mary in all of us. I think there's a Mary in all of us that knows where, where to sit and knows what's important and, and knows to, to, to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. But I think there's a part in all of us too that means well and tries sometimes to do too much. We have a heart like Mary and, and in a world like Martha. And sometimes you, I guess you have to be misunderstood. Sometimes you have to, to make decisions about what's important to you that won't align and seem important to anybody else in this pill-popping culture that don't make any sense to anybody else. I'd rather be misunderstood like Mary than distracted like Martha. Our expectations is how life is supposed to, to, to be can really mess us up. When we think it's the way it's supposed to be in our mind, it's going to mess us up. It creates so many distractions. What God does is way better than what we can think or even imagine. His ways are way better than ours. Like whatever we think, He's got something better in mind. And here's the craziest thing, church. I need you to hear this and get this in your soul. If, if God always met your expectations, then God would never be able to exceed them. He always got exactly what you wanted. He can't exceed them. Because he is exceedingly abundantly. And, and all we can ask for a thing, he does that. 
I want to be busy like Martha because I need to be about my father's business. But I, I, I want to have a heart like Mary and, and know when to sit down and listen and let Jesus do his job. Oh, Martha, Martha. This is not your place. This is not your place to judge others. It's not your place. It's not your place to be stressing out, trying to manage other people's decisions. Wow, that is somebody free right there. Quit managing other people's decisions. It's not your place. Oh, Martha, Martha. Oh, Brandon. Just make your own. It's enough. I hope this message reached the Martha in everyone's day. To say you're doing the right thing, but you've done it this way, but you want to do it a different way. You don't have to live in regret about mistakes you've made. Let him lead you. He knows how it is anyway. And the reason he knows how it is is he's trying to get the glory. He's trying to, he's trying to do something. Before we finish, I got one last thought. Mary and Martha is crazy because we find Mary and Martha invite Martha inviting Jesus in a home, getting to know him. And we got a situation where there's a great friendship and a, and a bond, like a brotherhood. And, a, and, like, sister, and like there's a deep, I mean, the shortest scripture in the Bible said Jesus wept when, when, when they came out crying and he's dead. Lazarus is gone. Said Jesus said, Now that's crazy to me. Why is Jesus crying about it? He knows what he's about to do with it. But it wasn't that he already knew what he was about to do, it was that he had compassion for them. He felt what he felt. And so, here it is in the end. Martha served. 
She knows her place. She knows how to use the gifts right here in this moment. When Martha allows the to fill her, she's able to do both at the same time. Worship and serving. And in a popular scripture, because nobody really wants to talk about Martha serve, but look what happens next. Verse 3. Martha served. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume. Made from essence of nard. Basically used and she anointed Jesus as their shizzy. She anoints Jesus' feet and wipes his feet with her hair in the house filled with friends. She's at his feet. Listen. We find ourselves, we're getting filled up. Now she's at his feet.
you sit, most of you sit in the same place as us. Find a different position. Can you come take me? Sit down, sit in another seat. Walk, walk to a different place. But can we take a moment to find ourselves at a seat? We will never do anything great for God if we're always complete. We have to be filled up with God. So He can use us to do great things. And that's the whole key to the whole thing. So I encourage you as we sit this for a few minutes to get out of your seat. Go to a different place. Take a knee. Get in worship. As we worship, we're doing the same thing in our minds and in our hearts. Can you move from your position and find a new one? Can Martha, Mark Brandon, Brandon, he's saying your name. I need you down. I need you to sit down. Because I want to lift you up. I want to fill you up so you can do something incredible. So you can prepare. So you can do something great. We're going to see. This altar is open. You and God, this is what God wants.